I'm Danica Juarez. And I'm Jan James. And this is How's It Hold Up? Hi, I'm Danica. And I'm Jan. And today we have some awesome extra special guests. Our first guest is my youngest daughter, Annalise. Hello. My son is also here. Parker. <laughs> so hopefully, hopefully you will not hear Parker, just Annalise. Hopefully. <laughs> and we have another wonderful guest, Vaughn. Hi, it's me again. Who you might remember from our Quest for Camelot episode. Yay. <laughs> Yes. Where we had too many people. Valor we and I did. regret it a little bit. Oh, no. <laughs> it's okay. I think that episode turned out fine. But yeah, that's why Valerie is not on this episode. <laughs> but um, yes, today we watched Pr- The Prince of Egypt. Technically the first DreamWorks movie that they started working on. But the second one released because Jeffrey Katzenberg. <laughs> but also it was only made because of Jeffrey Katzenberg. So... What a man. Anyways, um, (laughs) (laughs) who would like to give a brief spoiler-free plot synopsis? Uh, I I mean, I I know we have two that defaulted that did not want to. (laughs) Before we started recording. I can try. How about I try and Danica, you can fill in if I... Yeah, I'll supplement. Okay, sounds perfect. All right, so this is the story um, of Moses. Moses is... His mother tries to save him because the reigning pharaoh uh, sends out an edict to kill all of the babies born. And so Moses is uh, followed by his sister. He's put in a basket and he safely gets to the queen of Egypt. And he is raised as a brother with Ramses. They are very, very close brothers. At one point, someone from another land is taken as a bride and and Moses helps her escape. He finds out from a slave that he is actually a Hebrew. He leaves. Uh, he God appears to him with a burning bush, sends him to free his people. He goes back to Egypt and Ramses refuses to let the people go. And then you the, have this... Um story has been done in movies before this movie's particular take on it is one that is a little more at least focused on historical accuracy for the color of the people and also is is very focused on the tragedy of these two brothers who end up against one another because of circumstances. Um, so that's kind of this movie's focus, its interpretation of these, the story that at least three religions have as in their holy books. So yeah, without getting into um, spoilers or big details, would we recommend this? I definitely would recommend it. I would highly recommend it. I really enjoyed it. Annalise? Uh, yeah, I would recommend it. It was enjoyable for the most part i wouldn't recommend it for tiny children but a little older children yeah parker enjoyed it <laughs> i'm just saying <laughs> parker enjoyed it he's he's six months going on he also has months. no idea what's going on <laughs> all of the time how about you Vaughn? yes i i've liked this movie for a long time and i'm really afraid y'all are gonna make me change my mind for some horrible reason (laughs) Um, later on when we discuss problems um that surely are in there but i do enjoy it hesitantly (laughs) 
hesitantly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would. I definitely recommend this movie. Yeah, it does. I d- it does have problems oh, that no. we will discuss. Uh, but no, yeah, I would recommend this movie. I, I think it's fairly. I think it's fairly safe to say without having checked with with the three of you. But I think. Um, artistically, like uh, from a from a visual standpoint and a musical standpoint, this is like a work of art. It's gorgeous. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. yeah, like yes, the, that's pretty much something that can't really be questioned. Um, so I would also like to say something. I was raised again. My, you know, I've alluded to this before. My father was director of theater, but one of uh, you know, we didn't have VHS and blu-rays and all that back in my day and so we used to watch things as family things on disney channel and whatnot but one of the things we watched almost every year one was of course wizard of oz but we also watched the ten commandments and so i grew up seeing the charlton heston portrayal of moses many 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 times and i literally this was so powerful to me sorry i'm gonna get checked up sorry i have been in almost tears from the opening scene this movie was so powerful to me uh the combination of the artistic beauty the 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 authentic people of color and the music just was beyond powerful to me so just saying i would i would recommend this if anyone wants their you know, children to see, you know, the portrayal of, I would, I would recommend it over the 10 commandment versions or anything like that. This is wonderful. What a, what a great endorsement. Um, awesome. Okay. So let's get specific. So before we actually like fully get into specifics, um, there is a handful of fun facts. I have, I won't do all of my fun facts right now, but there's a couple that I'm not sure there's a better place for them, so I'll put them here. Jeffrey Katzenberg actually tried to get this film made while he was still at Disney, um, but obviously that didn't end up happening for whatever reason. Um, I think the whatever reason was that Eisner said no. Um, But yeah, so Jeffrey Katzenberg had an idea of doing a movie based on the Ten Commandments and this this biblical story too, Um, but I think his vision was originally for based on the movie for a while Um, because DreamWorks was concerned about theological accuracy. He um, actually decided Katzenberg decided to call in biblical scholars from uh, Christian, Jewish and Muslim uh, theologians and um, Arab American leaders to help his film be more accurate and faithful to the original story. Um, After previewing the developed, the developing film, all these leaders noted that the studio executives listened and responded to their ideas and praised the studio for reaching out for comment from outside sources. And then uh, also, at the time, this was the most financially successful non-Disney animated film up to that point. So it paid off. (laughs) It did well. Yes. And okay. And I don't know if this is a silly question, but I mean, were Ramses and Moses really close like brothers? Is that anything that we do find in the Bible? I have no idea if that's something that could be definitively said. I'm not sure to what degree this story has any historical things written about it. And so the things that are written about it are religious texts, which are more mythological in nature. And I'm not sure that any of them like try to humanize Ramses in any way. So I don't know that that's a thing that could be said one way or the other in a definitive way. (laughs) Okay. My guess would be no, um, or at least not so dramatically um, in a in a really compelling movie kind of fashion. But 
I don't know. Well, I, I, I love, though, that I love that twist and I love that humanizing of Ramses and I love that relationship that was brought out. And really almost, you know, I love that Moses was the troublemaker in one sense and always got Ramses in trouble, but just that closeness and really almost that abandonment that Ramses felt when Moses left and that hurt and and just being lost almost without his brother that was just so powerful it's pretty heartbreaking (laughs) but yeah let's start getting into specifics for story characters uh probably voice acting to degree too um because that's pretty entwined with characters my first note is that i think it was interesting that it opened with a disclaimer and then also immediately the visuals and music are beautiful (laughs) because they just it just kind of hits you and it's like oh wow nice yeah, I literally was in tears with from that beginning first song. So I was just, Valerie. Oh, I yes, just, I oh man, I so was. Like the beginning, being a new mom, it really like hit me really hard when she was singing to her baby and stuff. And, that poor baby yeah. got rocked around a lot in those waters too. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that was harrowing for he, he you. He almost got eaten by yeah, crocodiles. It was. So. But yeah, it, like, just and hippos. Like, when she was singing the last lullaby to her baby and stuff, I was like uh, imagining having to do that with Parker, and I was falling. I'm and starting to huge. cry right now, and I and yes, yeah, even as a grandmother with with Parker and and him reaching to hold her finger, Parker does that. I mean, it yeah. just was so well done. And then, yeah, the drama of the people and the slavery and it just, it was, and, and just the, the music was powerful. The instrumentals, the vocals. Oh my gosh. Zimmer is who you have to thank for the instrumental music. Wow. It just, and, and they were in beautiful sync in that, again, that opening number, because I literally, I don't know if I can even think of any other movie with the opening number. I'm in tears. (laughs) What year did this movie come out? I can't even remember. 1998. 98? Oh, wow. wow. This this came out the same year as the last movie you were on the podcast about. (laughs) Sensing a trend. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was looking up that the lady that sang Deliver Us in the beginning. I apparently, I didn't realize she died so young. She died like two years after that movie came out. Yeah, that's crazy. That's really tragic. Uh, Yeah, her name um, is Ofra Haza. Mm Mm-hmm. And she actually, she sang that song in 17 other languages for the film's dubbing overseas. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I believe she was the only one who sang songs in this that did it for the dubs also. That's amazing. Wow. That is, man, that says a lot for her. Wow. That is amazing. Yeah. I liked when um, they were riding their horses and Moses says, how'd you like your face carved on a wall? And Ramses is like, someday, yes. And he's like, how about now? And slams into him. That was just a fun bit of brotherly banter. The uh, panty shot. I like that joke. Wait, what? (laughs) Ramses panty shot. You don't remember? I don't. I don't. Admit it. You've always looked up to me. And he's on like one high road and then Moses on the lower road. And he looks up and it's like his little skirt is flapping. Oh my God. I didn't. Yeah, and he was yes, but the, but the view is isn't much to look at or something like that. <laughs> oh my gosh! I, I didn't that was catch also that. good. Yeah, I got that cracked me up. Oh wow! Uh, 
I've noted at one point that it takes until he learns he was one of them for Moses to feel bad for the slaves. Yes, and I, I really like that. that Jeff Goldblum agreed with me. Yes. <laughs> I, I was like, is that Jeff Goldblum? How did I know? It okay, sure I was, is. I gotta say something. You know, when we get to and this is skipping a little bit ahead because I know we will talk about voice acting. I didn't I feel like they did so many of these actors, big name actors did a really good job because I did not just hear the voice. And I usually can pick out Jeff Goldblum because I love Jeff Goldblum, have a secret crush on him. Um, but I just, I didn't it's catch the that secret was him. Out. Yes. I know, I know, I know. I, I didn't catch, I did not catch that that was him. I also How? did not catch that he that was. He was so obviously Jeff Goldblum. It was disruptive to my viewing experience. Uh, well. <laughs> and I love him, but like. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I didn't. I didn't initially. Um, and then I also did not, even though I'm like, I know I recognize him. I didn't recognize that was Val Kilmer. No, Val Kilmer did a great job. Val Kilmer. I have a really good year that. for that, though. Yeah, we did. Are we on voice acting? Because I had a thing about we, cinematography. We're kind of all together with characters <laughs> okay. and uh, with with the story, characters, and voice acting. They're just kind of all together. By all means, continue. But don't let me forget to say my one thing about cinematography, because there's this one scene. Oh, sure, sure. Val Kilmer, please, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I... I feel like I very much disagree with you, Mom. Some of the voices were very... Still probably... Under, well, underwhelming to me, let me say. Well, Patrick Stewart, <laughs> um, a, I like, was... Like, mm, they're kind of taking me out of it by being... Who they are? I kind of like San- all this. Sandra right now. Bullock and Jeff Goldblum. I didn't notice Sandra Bullock. <laughs> yeah, was that my I didn't. Yeah. I did not know that was Sandra Bullock. So I'm sorry. And yeah, I, I love I've Sandra never Bullock. That. I love and Sandra Steve Bullock. Martin and Martin Short, who did Hotep and Hoy, I didn't love their voices, but I also couldn't like. I didn't like listen to them and think that Steve Martin and Martin Short. I didn't either. But for Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. In the beginning, in the earlier parts of the movies, I was it was pretty okay. But then there's the the scene that's actually what I was referencing, where he's like, "When did you start caring about slaves? Was it when you found out you were one of them?" That scene, it was just full Jeff Goldblum voice, and it took me out of it. One of my notes was, uh, "I don't like that it sounds like they're from now times, like white people from today." Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I don't know how else you would... Yeah, no, like, I get that they had to have voice actors, but it... I feel like the language could have been... That they could have phrased it better and made it sound like they were speaking like back they would back then. Yeah, and I think it's... I think it's worth, like... And this is far from the first movie to do this, or the first, and this is, I am far from the first person to bring this up. But like, this is a bunch of not white characters that are pretty much exclusively voiced by white actors. And that happens a lot. Um, And it's, it's unfortunate. It would be better to have these characters voiced by people who at least a little more closely match who they are. I mean, I love you, Jeff Goldblum, but please, anyone could have been better than you because you just pulled me out of it so much. Um, well, he did yeah, initially, and maybe that last part he you were talking about. He didn't initially, but, but that, part, that part he did. And I don't think he talked after that scene, so. Well, Sandra Bullock, though, 
she, I did not realize that was her, especially in the beginning. I feel like she did a good job because I, she didn't pull me out of it. I, and I really I guess love- her character just, I didn't. I have issues with. We'll talk about her later. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm with Jan on that one. I never knew that was Sandra Bullock till you yeah, told me. Yeah, same here. <laughs> it, uh, admittedly, I went into the movie knowing that was Sandra Bullock because I remembered seeing that before. Um, but it's. I think I have less issues with her voice acting than I do just the character. And in your defense, I was probably so caught up on like, wow, is that Jeff Goldblum? That I didn't think, <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Because I did recognize him. I was like, oh, yeah, that's him. I can see him on in his shirtless scene in Jurassic Park right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. I can't believe I missed that. I'm just going to have to I'm just going to have to look at that again just to listen and be like, "Why did you not realize this?" cuz I usually pick him out really quickly, but oh well. Some more with uh different plot things um cuz we haven't really necessarily finished that section. He I, I just put he keeps the ring and that that made me a little emotional. And then there <laughs> you've cleaned every inch of me is a quote that I wrote oh, down. Yes. <laughs> He's like, oh, well, maybe not. Yeah, yeah, I was right. Yeah, that was great. That was great. Um, I also, I I like the depiction in also, of course, Ten Commandments and things that I've ever seen is Charles Heston comes back and he's really, really old. (laughs) Well, I say he's really, really old. I want to say he comes back at his much older Moses or something. But I really like, I just love the dynamics and the relationship that would, the relationships that are built in this. I think the narrative is really strong and it kept me engaged. And again, it, it, you know how we talk about sometimes if you're going to redo something that's been done, are you bringing something new to the table? Are you doing anything differently? And I absolutely feel that this is the best version and definitely brought something new to the table. And it's those relationships that made it just a heart wrenching, incredible story. I was going to note that I really loved that throughout the movie, Moses continued to call him his brother. And like, he kept referring to Ramesses' brother. And I just loved that because I was like, good, you're still acknowledging that like, he didn't suddenly not become your brother when you found out that you weren't of the same blood. Like, yeah. Uh, when, when he went back uh, to, and to talk to Ramesses the first time and he was so Ramses was so happy to see him. I know. Uh, oh, that was I know. And it just oh my gosh, it just broke my heart that the whole thing. Oh, and then when he collapsed after, and I won't talk specifically, but in the spoiler territory, and he left the the palace yeah, or whatever. Lot. We'll definitely talk about that more yeah, in spoilers. Broke though. down crying. Oh my gosh. Moses, I just that just killed me stabbed me through the heart another along some of those lines the queen's explanation as to why when moses found out you know that he was hebrew and found out about the mass murder of all the the hebrew children the explanation because in all the versions i've ever seen that that because i was like yeah why would why would this pharaoh who just had all these babies murdered why would he allow the queen to keep a child that's obviously he had to have known was a Hebrew baby that was, you know, that was not their own child. They had their own child. Why would he have allowed, you know, and raised him as his son? So that was really interesting. Yeah. 
one thing I really like about this movie, and I, it's been a while since I've actually read the the actual biblical story, and I don't know oh, how gosh. it's presented in other yeah. ones. But one thing I like about this representation of it is that um, they don't just totally like throw the Egyptians completely under the bus as like these baddies that are just evil to be evil for evil's sake. Like they give Ramsey's motivation to do the things that he does. You know, that while are still objectively bad, do make sense within the context of his upbringing. Like, he has that background where he's like, I don't want to be the weak one, you know. I don't want to be the end of this dynasty my father built, you know. And so I just, like, really enjoy that he has that complex character. Even though he loves his brother, he's got these fears about, you know, disappointing his father and being the last of a certain, you know, very special line. Yes, yes, agreed. And and yeah, like Ralph Fiennes did a great job as him too. Just the emotion that he brought to that performance was great. Yeah, and I I agree. I hate when movies are just like black and white. This is the good side, this is the bad side. And I think one thing that really humanized uh, the Pharaoh for me was I understood his... The conflict with his brother and his feelings towards his brother because on one hand this is the brother that you've loved and on the other hand he's a completely different person now who is kind of seemingly rejecting you yeah and not just you but like kind of everything that you both seem to once believe and you don't have the connection to these people that he cares about to like understand that yeah but like the scene where Moses took off the ring and gave it back to his brother that was, I was like, oh, you're, like, making him feel rejected, which is partially why he's having such a terrible reaction right now, not excusing any of his behavior. But I, I like that he was a complex character. I agree. Agreed. And and by the way, if you don't know who Ralph Fiennes is when I say the name, Mom, that's, uh, he played Voldemort in Harry Potter. <gasps> Are you serious? <laughs> that's who was Ralph Fiennes? Wow. That's who was Ramsey's? Oh uh-huh. my gosh. He does in a ton of other things too, but I knew that one would get the gas. Oh my gosh. Well, he did an incredible job. Mm-hmm. Um, I want. I hope I articulate this correctly. I'll, uh, with what you all are, have just said, I was so impressed again with the writing of the story and the character and the plot because it made, it made the actions Ramsey's took seem like something that was believable because of the emotional, all of that, that you just set up that first of all, that continuous not being the weak link. And that was clearly established when they were having fun and all of that in the beginning. And even with his personality and how hard he took it, because again, it sounds like from the beginning, he knew that he was going to be the next Pharaoh. He was going to be the leader. And they clearly established, you know, Moses kind of didn't care about anything, but but Ramses didn't have that luxury. He had to care. And then he just had that fear almost instilled in him that he was going to be the weak link. And so he just was fighting so hard for that not to be true. And then, yeah, the feelings of abandonment. Oh, my gosh. All of that just, oh. They just, it, it just, it was so powerful. And I just feel like it was set up so well for the climax that we'll talk about in spoilers. I mean, it just definitely, definitely let up and made that justifiable. I mean, story-wise, it just really, yeah, very impressive. 
One of my only other notes for this section is, don't yell at me, God, jeez. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, I've been through a lot, man. <laughs> yeah. God, can you calm down, please? Old Testament God was like legit. He was gonna break some faces, though. Oh, so, I know, I mean, right? Um, God. So they wanted the voice of God to be different than in other depictions of this tale, and the solution that they ultimately went with was to have Val Kilmer voice God to suggest the kind of voice we hear inside our own heads in our everyday lives, as opposed to the larger than life tones with which God has been endowed in prior cinematic incarnations. Wow. I just think that was interesting that, I mean, normally when you see in media, like a God figure, they have like this deep, like booming voice, you know? And I liked how it was just kind of like dude at the library, like Moses, you have to go do this stuff, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like just kind of chill until, you know, he yells, but you know, for the most part, it was kind of like, oh, this is not very Just at nice. one point, he got a little angry, but then he's like, shh, 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 it's okay, shh, shh. <laughs> it, like, wraps him up in his yeah. ghostly whatever. Um, so many so- levels, too, because, I mean, biblically, you know, God, you know, in, in, in many passages talks about you know, brother against brother, I will, you will, I will separate you and it will be, you know, mother against, you know, or child against or whatever against your mother, your brother, your father. So yes, having these two brothers have to be on opposite ends. I mean, oh, just so heartbreaking. You know, how did you guys feel about the fact that Moses and Zipporah got married during a montage sequence? I won. I loved that song because I feel like oh, it was yeah. a good. But we'll talk like, about the song in a little bit, so don't focus too much on okay. the song right now. I loved it. I think they're very cute, and I like that it see it made it seem like their relationship took time. They didn't just like meet, and she was suddenly like, "Oh, I'm okay with you now." Like they if they did a montage showing the time would pass, he grew a beard, and then <laughs> she was like, "Yeah, okay, I guess I kind of like you." Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I like I like some of the montages that they did with the different actions, things that, again, in the Ten Commandments, you saw every single thing. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I like the montages that they did with some of the really important events that happen in this story. I think it's fairly safe to say that compared to a movie like Tarzan, which I enjoy... This movie had a better use of montages, <laughs> and in some ways, the use of montages felt needed in a way that, say, in a movie like Tarzan, they don't necessarily, Phil Collins, feel like they're always needed. <laughs> Did yeah, you know, like, I half noticed- the songs in Tarzan are montage songs? Because... <laughs> They are. See, and are I they? love I mean, that music. Don't get me the, wrong. I mean, I know this is a different episode, but <laughs> besides <laughs> the one where he grows up at the very beginning, what other like montage song they have? The montage, the the two worlds is a montage with his with his parents making the treehouse and everything. Montage. Him growing uh, yeah. up. Montage. Him and Jane. Their whole thing is um, a montage sequence. Yeah, right. Like I didn't even it's think about all that montages. Listen, <laughs> about I'm the only one that, that isn't is the one that his mom sings to him for a little bit, and then it becomes Phil Collins again. Um, yeah, that movie. We'll get to that at some point. I don't hate <laughs> that movie, but and I yeah. do really love those Phil Collins songs. And yet, were they the best choice? We'll get there. Yeah. That's another episode. <laughs> I think that it was a good device for them to use in the movie, especially since I noticed that there's a lot of nonverbal, like, 
acting, so to speak. Yes, yes. In the movie, like, they don't really talk crazy a lot. So I think that the montage was a good it fit in the movie. Yeah. Um, if you guys are cool with it, let's move on to animation. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, I don't have a ton of notes in this. My main thing is, my main two things are, I love the facial expressions in this movie, which is a lo- basically what you were just saying, Annalise. Uh, lots of good nonverbal acting. And also that basket in the beginning was like obviously CGI, but not too distracting, I think. And there was a handful of other there was other things throughout the movie that were also CGI, but I feel like they blended pretty well. Much better than another movie that came out that year that we've already covered on the podcast, let's say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, I didn't, nothing stood out. I mean, and I don't have nearly as I think sh- the basket stood out the most for me. Yeah, um, and you have a really but, sharp eye. I, yeah, Thank I was, <laughs> I echo that, um, Annalise. I was going to say, Danica, you have a sharp eye for that type of thing. So nothing caught my attention. I like animation. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome, though. I mean, but no, I, I just didn't catch it. So, yeah. Which, and yes, that speaks very well to how well it was blended. Because in Quest for Camelot, you can't help but catch that ogre. But in this, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, it, it's, they blend the CGI into things quite well i think more or less on the same level as as disney was at that point so mm-hmm. yeah also animation wise i really loved that dream sequence that he had that oh, was yeah. very oh, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the transition wall, yeah. was beautiful and i liked that they introduced a different like style in the movie yeah no that yes was- and we're talking about they had all of the paintings uh the or the hieroglyph or I yes. don't know hieroglyphs, Hier- things hieroglyphs on the walls and, and yes come to, come to life and tell the story and yes that was so well done so captivating and so powerful yeah and it was then pretty to, neat and then to follow it up with the scene where he's standing in front of the depiction where the the children are killed and and the pharaoh confirms his his father confirms that that yes that's a really powerful moment but i have to admit it was lessened because of the internet and the way that it memes things because him hugging the pharaoh and then backing up in horror is a has been a meme on the internet for a bit (laughs) that people just have as gifts and sometimes they'll reverse it and it's just well why did you watch that danica silly i could i've never (laughs) seen those so Mom, of course, you're, you don't meme on the internet. What are you talking about? <laughs> so, are you trying so to say I'm not cool, dear? No. Yes. Oh, okay. no. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love yeah, you, Don't Dad. listen. Plug your ears. No, you're, oh. you're cool when it comes to video games. That's your cool parent cred. That's pretty true. Yeah, that's true. I wish my parents played video games with me. I have other cool Also, things. that you're on this podcast with me is pretty cool <laughs> in, like, a super nerdy way. But, like, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. All right. I love you, Mom. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't have a lot to say about the animation because I, I just think in general it's also stunning that I don't think too hard about any particular scene. But one part that always gets me, like that I just notice um, that feels like it it's meant to be this big thing, that it, it, but it's just so subtle, is that when they have that conversation where the Pharaoh is getting on to Ramses and telling him one week link and the chain, you know, will ruin everything. And then he walks off and, you know, Moses is standing there with him and they have that conversation and the Pharaoh is standing with that backdrop of the rest of Egypt. And it's got that big statue of his own face in the background, like kind of in parallel with him. 
Uh, I love that. That's super cool. I feel like there's an English teacher that's like, you know, what would that mean, Vaughn? And I don't uh, yeah. really know, um, but it's just so powerful <laughs> it feeling. Felt, and it I, felt good. I love it. I'm like, I don't know what they're trying to make me feel, but I feel some type of way about it. So <laughs> mission accomplished, you guys. Very good, beautiful scene. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> this yeah. is true. I was just going to say also what was impressive to me, just almost every facet that I can think of. For example, the diversity of the faces, the detail on faces, and sometimes some depictions of movies, if you know you have a mother or father or people that are related, they almost look like carbon copies of each other, and we won't get into Frozen. all of the specifics there. Um, but again, the just the different, I don't know, the different looks of the Pharaoh versus Ramses versus the mother versus even... Miriam and just all of them, you know, I could easily tell them apart. They also didn't change. Sometimes the animation we talked about in Anastasia, when you'd get up close to characters, some or they'd switch from, I don't know, wearing an outfit or whatever, they'd look different or weird for a while. So it was very consistent with all of the people. And then, yeah, Don Bluth's like, animation is always a little. It always feels a little rough, even at its most polished, which arguably Anastasia is the most polished. This this movie, the animators that are on it, um, a lot of them actually come from Disney and um, some others come from Amblimation, which was a Steven Spielberg short lived animation studio that he made literally three movies with, um, which was Five Goes West. We're back in American's tale, uh, an American tale. Uh, no, a dinosaur tale. Why did I say American five times? Anyways, and Balto. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they point to say just, yeah, they had some very skilled animators on here. And especially the people from Disney come from a sort of uh, tr animation tradition that, yeah, it makes sense that they are more consistent than Don Bluth's often are. Which isn't to, like, dig on Don Bluth's. I, I, I find his animation style fascinating, but it definitely feels rougher. Yes. Well, and also going from what Vaughn talked about, even going from people to the scale of the incredible scenery or the um, incredible uh, carvings, what I'm trying to say, the statues, you know, the face of the pharaoh, all of that. It was just very, just so well done. And then I'll tell you what, can I say that or is that all totally in spoilers? I'd prefer we talk about it in spoilers. I think. Okay, well, I was just going to say. I know it's, this is a tale that's so ubiquitous in our culture, but there's got to be some people that exist who don't know about that. So like, you okay, know, well, I was just, just going to say some of the miracles then that I won't go into detail. Some of the miracles, the animation was the best I've ever seen from any, any depictions of it. Um, yeah, and it just really, really well done. And so believable. I mean, just took me, made it seem, yeah, it made it more real than anything I've ever seen before. Breathtaking, I think is a good word. That is a good word. Yes. Yes. But yeah, so I'm very, very impressed with the animation. What would the movie have been like if it were live action? Do you think you would have enjoyed it as much? No, and I can say because I compare it in my head to <laughs> Ten Commandments. So no, I well, would not have enjoyed let's, it as much. Let's, let's compare it in your head to a theoretical movie made at about the same time in live action. I still don't think I would enjoy it as much because I just, I think, I, I just... We've talked about this before, but, you know, since there are so many nonverbals that make this so powerful, the depth of range of characters, uh, their faces and animation is, is just 
I don't know. I just don't think that can be replicated. I think also like the the gorgeous backdrops that that kind of lends it a simultaneously epic and beautiful feel um, are going to be harder to replicate. And then, yeah, special effects. If you're assuming that a live action version was made around the same time, the special effects for certain scenes would probably not hold up as well. See, you know what? You this has actually got me thinking because this is supposed to come out on Broadway this year in London. I know, right? And so I have been wondering for a long time how they were going to do some of these special effects and stuff. So I think this is a question that actually can get answered and probably sure. But a stage version is different than a movie version. I would say. But here's what I'm thinking. You know, every time something successful is on Broadway or something is successful (laughs) on Broadway, they're going to eventually turn into a movie. So I I really would think in like three to five years, this is going to be a a live action film. I would be, put money on it. I mean, po- very possibly. Did you know that Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron has a cartoon series that came out in the last couple of years that's in CG? No, like, I didn't even know. It was DreamWorks that has started dipping into their old stuff, like with that and the uh, Prince of Egypt stage musical. Like, yeah. I mean, I really think this thing's gonna be a, a movie, a live action movie. Like, God. God forbid, not Aladdin, but you know, like, oh gosh. <laughs> with appropriate. Well, my lowest now is Dumbo, so. <laughs> oh no! Okay, I've got to watch that one. I don't know. I think as long as they don't give it the Iago treatment from Aladdin, it could be. <sighs> it could be a thing. Iago. <laughs> you know. Oh, poor Iago. He deserves so much better. Oh yes. So is y'all's consensus then? Oh, consensus, I think, is for all of us is definitely no, wouldn't enjoy it as much in live action. But Vaughn's point is basically they will probably end up doing a live action version of it in the next couple of years because it has a stage musical right now. Like it's kind of coming back in a in a way. Okay, is it is it this take and this storyline? It is this take and storyline, but a stage musical always has more songs and tends to change things some. Uh, We haven't ever really talked about it before, but some of the Disney Renaissance movies also had or have stage musicals a hercules i think is supposed to get one soon like it's in the works um but but for instance back in the day and it might even still be running because it was so popular lion king had one um i think aladdin had one in the early 2010s i've started looking into some of that because i'm curious to listen hunchback of notre dame has one like Yeah. yeah many of those disney renaissance ones have uh, stage musical adaptations and and yeah to do one for because the Prince of Egypt one was a couple of years ago I think that they so first my did any of, of the it. Situation is that they it it was like an independent small group uh, adapted it and put it on at like one of the Shakespeare theaters in the UK. It got a following and got really popular, so they brought it to Broadway, and it was supposed to open this year, but then COVID happened, so I don't know what's That's going interesting. on with that. Yeah, but I think they have an official release from the actual Broadway cast on Amazon now. So if there's extra songs, we could look into it. But anyway, back to Yeah, no, I, I would definitely want to, at least on my own time, look into that music, because, yeah, I'm curious. And uh, do they have the same songs from this movie that they're doing versions Generally, of Generally, how the stage versions work is, yes, they'll have all the songs that you remember, but they will, there will be other songs, too. Like, they add songs to it. Yeah, there's wow. I, I haven't looked myself at what else they've added, but most of these ones in this film should be in it. Yeah, I, I mean, because so often, 
version, when the stage musical comes after the animated version, like half of the appeal is having those songs in it. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they added a solo for Sapura or Miriam, is that her name? Oh, gosh, because I hope they give Sapura like more. <laughs> yeah, there's always like a leading lady song that gets added. If there wasn't one. They do that in the Disney live action remake sometimes too. And it's always really good. I love Jasmine's <laughs> yeah, song. What do you oh mean? No. I love, oh I no. loved Beyonce's song that she added that I actually oh haven't gosh. listened to yet. Cause I haven't watched that movie yet. Oh but. no, I, I feel some type of way about that one too, but I won't. <laughs> it's not quite the same as the other way. Uh, yeah. Oh. Um, let's talk about the, we've already been talking some about it uh, because our live action <laughs> the live action question kind of dovetailed into it. Let's talk about the music in this movie, both, both uh, the orchestral soundtrack and the songs. They're all great. End of subject. Okay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Actually, are there any that aren't great? I, where's the list? I got to go through the list. I'm going to need you to sing all the songs to me if I don't recognize the name. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? I'm going to start off by saying that, there are three different versions of the soundtrack to this movie that were all released at the same time. The country-themed Nashville version, a gospel-based inspirational version, and the official soundtrack. Okay, the only one I can't can't fathom and can't quite is the Nashville version. The Nashville one gives me... It, it makes me feel awful just to even think about what that will sound like. <laughs> I know. I just, ah, uh, yuck. No, that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no thanks. Um, but no, I find it amusing that they're like, well, we got to corner the religious markets. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that I can, you know, I can see. Uh, you know. um, and then also it's worth pointing out that uh, when you believe uh, won the Academy Award for Best Original Song. It beat out The Prayer uh, from wow. Quest for Camelot. This is wow. the one. This is the one that beat that. Okay. Well, I. They're both good. Though. Okay. <laughs> um, I can. I'll go through the songs real quick. We have Deliver Us, which is which the opening. River Lullaby, which is the little song that the sister sings after the pharaohs. Well, why or the queen gets the baby? Uh, All I ever wanted that Moses sings. The reprise of that that the queen sings. Through heaven's eyes, playing with the big boys, the plagues, which also includes another reprise of All I Ever Wanted within it. Uh, when you believe, and then in the credits, when you believe the pop version with Whitney Houston and Mariah Carey, and I Will Get There by Boys to Men. Well, I loved the music in this. I It was so powerful. And that opening Deliver Us, again, was just so powerful. The instruments, the music, the vocals combined, of course, with the animation was just, again, had me in tears. Yeah, it was a pretty stunning way to open the movie. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I was going to say my favorite song was by far Life Through Heaven's Eyes. I I just feel like it's a good parallel for like mental health and what people try to tell themselves and like therapists try to tell you and friends try to tell each other and stuff. And I I just it it really made me feel good. Yeah, that's valid. It's a good song. Yeah. It is I loved I loved of course the river song. I really also loved all, you know, wasn't all I ever the, wanted. You mean the river lullaby? Or? The river lullaby. Yeah, the river lullaby. Uh, well, since but, you mentioned it, I have to 
do one quick more fun fact director brenda chapman actually voices miriam singing that lullaby to moses the vocals had been recorded for a scratch audio track basically like a demo um, which was intended to be replaced later by sally dorsky who voices the adult version um she doesn't voice the adult version she does the singing for the adult version um but the track turned out so well that they that it remained in the film so yeah that's one of the three directors singing, singing that song that's neat that was so powerful i you know i i'm still on the i'm gonna need to keep it i love you but i'm gonna have to keep a tally for how many times you say powerful in this episode (laughs) (laughs) okay 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 uh when you believe i think is one of my favorites just i just it's gonna be hard for me to pick a favorite because those two are very good. I know. Three Evans Eyes and When You Believe are very good. And I kind of did like little, little, you know, little stars by mine. And I just kept putting stars by things. I mean, I do have stars <laughs> by When You Believe, but yet I just was on the brink of adding stars on the, uh, you know, more than one star on the other. So it's not going to be hard for me to pick a least favorite song, though. <laughs> I was going to say that song for me, in my opinion, it was it was too sudden of a transition uh from you know the big thing oh uh the the transition into um when you believe yeah yeah i was just gonna say like i was too stuck on what had just happened and i was like i i can't feel the happiness that the song is trying to make me feel right now because i'm very upset yeah emotionally it's a very big shift yeah yeah i think that's the only reason it wasn't one of my favorites i thought the music after he um way earlier in the movie after he learned um of his parentage and was running back home terrified was really beautiful and then it went like right into his um his song all i ever wanted yes Mm -hmm. um and i thought it was interesting how he wasn't actually singing the song, but you understand that it's in his head because it's like his voice or whatever. It it was, yeah, it was interesting because usually there's a fairly clean line between in universe or not in universe for the, for songs, either the character singing it or they're not. Um, But he wasn't singing it. And yet it's like his heart was singing it. It was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I will, I, refrain I that from saying, yeah. I will refrain from saying the P word. <laughs> <laughs> the P it was so uh, touching. It was uh, <laughs> inspirational. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Dramatic. Yeah, same. <laughs> Just get you thesaurus.com Mom, would, Mom, would you call it powerful, you think? <laughs> no, I would not call it. <laughs> I would call it. I don't know. I, mean, I can't think of a good synonym. <laughs> I call it. Also, can yeah, I can I just say that all I ever wanted reprising again within the song "The Plagues" really emotionally killed me. It I didn't quite make me cry that. at that point, but like, mm. do you know what lines oh, I was there crying. are? That that's, I never noticed the reprising. I don't. Re- I don't remember, but yeah, he, it, it, he there starts being him like doing the "All I Ever Wanted." That's kind of Moses's part. Huh. Of that song, mm-hmm. and then um, I have to re-listen to that. And then uh, Ramses uh, Ramses is is singing the plagues. 
I love all these songs. I think my favorite, though, is, is like, Annalise's. I like um, Through Heaven's Eyes just because it's so uplifting. Yeah, it's just it's such really a good. positive message. And I think it's funny because, like, she has a different kind of interpretation of it than I do. Like, it kind of, like, speaks to, I guess, your own interpretations of, like, what you need in that moment. Because it's got this message like, oh, we're, you know, you don't know how much your own worth is, but it's, you know, you have it. And I just, I don't know. I love that. Because, yeah, yeah. Oh, I just I think I like for all of us with depression, it's it really it hits that spot that's like, oh, gosh, I have value. Yeah, I really enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else with the music before we move on to the next category? I hated playing with the big boys. It was weird and <laughs> annoying and I hated it. I have actually a lot more to say about that in the next section, but agreed. <laughs> yeah, that's probably... Yeah. My my note is literally. I think that is fairly objectively the worst song in the movie. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. Also, it just felt like a pissing contest, and that's always weird to me. And they didn't even acknowledge that Moses that the snake ate the the other two snakes. snakes. (laughs) It's like no one's gonna even vocalize this. What the heck? I noticed that too, and it also annoyed me, Mom. Yes. <laughs> Those priests in general just make me question a lot of stuff. They they have to know they're shysters, right? They're like, oh, where I put that red powder, you know, and all these things. And it, I, I just don't understand how they go on doing their, their thing and just be like, yeah, we got this. <laughs> Good thing yeah. I have this black mamba up my sleeve. Uh, like, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do we want to go to the next section? Sure. Sure. Let's go on to the part that our podcast is named after. How's it hold up? I actually have a decent amount of notes for this section, but since we were already talking about it, let's talk about those priests. Um, I find their whole existence slash subplot slash song uncomfortable. And like, I know that in this day and age, this movie isn't really worried about offending anyone who worships Horus or Hora or any of them, but it just feels uncomfortable to just so resolutely like be like, our religion is real and has the true God, but this one is is awful and just full of shysters and is bad. And I just I don't like that, and I get it, because this is, like, ultimately a Christian, uh, not a Christian necessarily, a Jewish-Christian-Muslim uh, uh, story. I, I get it, but I don't like it. Yeah, I, I guess that's something that I never thought about until I did watch it for this episode. Because, like, when I was a kid, there was no question in my mind that that was just, like they were working miracles through their gods, you know what I mean? Like the Egyptian gods. And it just so happened that, you know, the Christian God was more powerful, but now I'm watching it again. And I'm like, okay, you know, they've always got smoke screens before they do their miracles. Yeah. They've got crap. And in their, their song that, that like they list all these God names and they're saying it all like scary and intimidating. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's like the names, just the names of these gods alone is like, somehow just evil or wrong i don't know yeah the other thing that i don't like is literally the physical depiction of those two priests they didn't having that stark contrast one tall and skinny one short and and plump and they didn't even their personalities their demeanor the way they held themselves conducted themselves they didn't even seem priest-like or any depiction you see of 
Right. Oh, the fairest, no, because you their know, whole of, religion yeah. that they basically represent is a sham. Is basically the standpoint of this movie. Yeah, um, because yeah. they are like the sp- spokespeople for the religion. Like we're not shown other priests who are devout but aren't. Yeah, like that, exactly. Yeah. So that people. does not hold up. In fact, no. they reminded me of Pain and Panic. I'm yeah. sorry, that's who they remind oh, well, me of. I like Pain and Panic a lot yeah. more, but but, yeah, now but that you say yeah. that that makes me that makes me question a lot because it's interesting. I mean, obviously, there's a, a a point here, right? Because it's serving you know the whole premise of the Christian Judeo Muslim God. But, like, they gave Ramses and a lot of these other Egyptians, like, the pharaoh characteristics, relationships that make you feel almost sympathetic towards them or, like, bad for them because they're almost, a, like, a victim of their raising or their circumstances. And these priests should ostensibly get the same treatment and they don't, which is really interesting. And I didn't think of that until you guys brought yeah, that up. Yeah, it's like they're just a trapping of the corrupt world of Ramses rather than people in their own right because everyone is what else, they feel like. Yeah, everyone else gets some kind of like sympathetic like characteristic and these guys are just bad. Like they are just evil and there's nothing more to them than that. Which is really interesting because they painted all these other folks who normally get that same treatment in a much, you know, more sympathetic light. Yeah, that goes back to what we were all saying earlier was that like we liked that Ramses wasn't black and white but they very obviously made these characters who are supposed to represent that religion's gods and stuff like that. Black and white, they're evil, they're bad, no redeemable qualities. Well, almost even caricatures, because even biblically, the Pharisees felt that they had that they were 100% justified in what they were doing, that Jesus was a fraud, that, that they had to sacrifice him to save all of, you know, humanity or whatever initially. And they don't give the same treatment to these priests that believed that that their gods were behind them and that... Yeah, like they clearly know that they are shysters, like they know that what they're doing is fake. Right. And in in reality, obviously, I mean, well, who knows? I mean, but in, you know, historically, no, I mean, they thought that Moses, his God was, you know, a shyster and, and that it was. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that was just uncomfortable. I don't lo- I don't love that. And it feel I guess it, it just it feels really simplistic and hollow in a movie that otherwise feels like it tries to be more than that. Um, and I guess that's just. Less compelling than it could have been otherwise. Yeah, because actually from a story point of view, it would be more compelling to have God clearly, you know, be more powerful and show that those are false gods or that, you know, he's the most powerful God of all or whatever. From a story point of view, it would have been much more satisfying to have a victory against a real foe. Sure, sure, sure. Rather, yeah, rather than just these hustlers yeah 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 let's not spend too terribly long on this though so because i have other things to discuss here um this one's probably short the pharaoh looked a lot older than his wife was i the only one who felt that way and i'm not sure if it's because he was definitely a lot older than her or if it is like we don't know how to make women look pretty and old Hmm. but yeah i just noticed that yeah i I thought that i guess i didn't 
explore it in depth any further. I just saw, uh, you know, creepy old man marrying a young lady. Like, I don't, yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, and I, don't know. I mean, I guess that probably works for his character too. But but then yeah. again, she's not around when they're older either. So right. Oh no, she probably oh, no. had to be killed and put That's in his what tomb. I just realized. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh no. So early in the movie, they are racing car uh, chariots through places that they clearly shouldn't be. Um, so dangerous. But anyways, they they do the same joke that Aladdin did of a nose getting smashed off. And because I know why the noses were actually smashed off in history, that's always a really uncomfortable gross joke. I don't know if I know historically if you want to tell me that later. Well, Mom, I- that means you don't remember what I said in the Aladdin uh, one, and <laughs> that makes me feel sad in oh, my no. heart place. Oh, no. But anyways, um, they were smashed off because the noses were one of the biggest things that signified that the uh, race, race. people they were supposed okay. to be of were, were black, okay. <laughs> were it. not white. Um, and it's just one part of a long, long history of trying to whitewash Egypt and its culture, because how could people with dark skin have such an amazing advanced culture and be able to do these great things? Um, So yeah, it's just, it's just like, oh yeah, did we have to do that? Cool. Okay. Yeah. The minute you said that, it it dawned back on me. I liked that racing scene, at least for me, it started off as like a fun, lighthearted two brothers racing, having fun. And slowly throughout the scene, you're like, wow, they're being really destructive and not giving a crud about anybody else. And they would have, they would have hurt if not killed many of the slaves that yeah, were on those scaffolds and building and not to mention then cause so much to, I mean, again, I guess what I'm cringing is, this is all built on the backs of slaves. Now you're going to have to double and triple their work that, and and you just yeah. undid all of the stuff that they were beat and toiled for. Well, that's the whole thing they said throughout the movie was they were only slaves. Yeah. And yeah. that's why I like that they made it apparent that even though obviously these were the two main characters and the scene is seemingly fun and lighthearted, it's you're like wow no they're actually <laughs> being really arrogant and terrible is it just me or does the horror of slavery kind of take a backseat to the relationship dynamics in oh in it definitely takes a backseat because, yeah. Yeah. because yeah. i remember you know at the beginning they do you know the whole point of like deliver us and stuff is like oh look at this horrible treatment of these people they didn't do anything to deserve this they're getting whipped they're getting you know pressed into servitude and then it's like it kind of takes, I mean, I guess... It's there, but it's definitely not as like important they, to the movie yeah. as the brotherly like relationship. They establish that it's bad, and then it kind of, like, is like, well, now that we've gotten that over with, here's these two guys that you'll care about more than the rest of these poor people. I mean, yeah. from a writing standpoint, I can tell you why that is, and that is because, in general, audiences and people have a lot harder time caring about a group of people than they do individuals that they have come uh, to care I about. I understand, but it's just, when you think about it, it's like, oh no. Yeah. yeah. See, for it's, me... It's unfortunate it, that humans can't care enough about injustices <laughs> like slavery to make that the only, or the prominent, yeah. like, source of conflict and, and heartache, but, yeah. For me, that would have been the office, opposite 
like, if they had focused more on the slavery, I probably couldn't have watched this movie and handled it, just like I can't watch a lot of other movies, because I just, like... That's true. Like, mentally cannot handle it. I'll share a little backstory on myself here. I was super traumatized. My grandma once brought me to this, like, Jesus thing where they reenacted Jesus going through all the stuff that he did. Stages of the cross. Yeah, the stages of the cross. And they, like, fake showed him being whipped and stuff. And, like, since then, I, I was tiny. I ran away crying. We had to leave because I could not... And since then, I just, I cannot handle watching people being whipped or thinking about that in shows. And so, like, literally, I skipped over that the parts that showed those in the movie because I just couldn't. I was, it's too much for me. That's understandable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what else do you feel like sucks. doesn't hold up, Danica? Sephora as a character. She has literally no purpose in this movie past getting Moses to leave and encounter his siblings. If after that point she did not show up in the movie again, literally nothing would change about how the plot happens or even how his character evolves. Like nothing. <laughs> like, and I'm not saying that, oh, so she should have been cut out. I'm saying, oh, so she should have been given more to do because she doesn't really do anything at all that is noteworthy beyond getting him to leave. Yeah, and I and I get that they're working within the constraints of a story that happens, but in the constraints of those story, there wasn't a big focus on a brotherly relationship, and they changed that. So it feels like you could have figured something out for her to be able to do. Even just, even if, like, we'll, we can discuss it a little more in spoilers, but even if during, like, during a certain scene where Moses is grappling with a lot of emotions she had been able to be there to show some emotional support that could have at least been something to be like okay like she has she's doing something to influence the characters and plot but like she does she doesn't she's not relevant to the rest of the movie really at all and i find that unfortunate yeah because i think she's a good wife from the beginning like I mean, she's a good wife throughout, but like I'm a huge fan of. If he wasn't married to her, it wouldn't make a difference. Is the is the issue? Like, like they should have showed her continuing to be a supportive wife. Yeah, but it's it's not like she's the main thing that tying him to these people or anything. Like, so he could have still had the same character journey of learning to care for these people and then wanting to care for the rest of his people without her involvement. Like, it j- she's just. She's not written to be anything more, unfortunately. And it just, it sucks. Like, she's just this lady character that could be cool that doesn't do anything ever. That's fair. So yeah, that's my other big problem with this movie, is that the main lady deserves better than what she got. Yeah, she was pretty uh, BA. Uh, and at the beginning, she was literally willing to whip people <laughs> to get away and all this. And now she's just like, well, I'm, d- I'm a dude's wife now and I'll be supportive. And that's kind of sad to see such a dynamic person get reduced to that. Yeah, it really is. I don't I, even just showing her trying to do more to help people during his whole plague stuff and all that. I don't know. Like, it feels like it's not that hard to think of things that she could have done rather than just exist in spaces where Moses exists. 
Anything else for this section? I was going to say, I really liked in the scene after Moses had God come to him and all that, he came back and told his wife. And I liked that they, that he like told her the whole story and you could see him telling her the whole story instead of what happens in so many movies where they just come back and tell a really short, crappy version of what happened to them. (laughs) And I'm like, you left out a lot of details that were very important. So I liked that they had that happen and then had her reply. Well, I guess to to put together what both of you all are saying, I feel like where they really dropped the ball for her character is after they left her homeland to come back to Egypt. Because I feel like they made her have value. Like Annalise is saying, she obviously had a voice in that. He was like, I'm your husband. This is what we're going to do. Or this is, you know, they seemed to be a partnership. He shared and expressed everything with her and they made the decision together to come back to Egypt. I mean, or she, or she was fully supportive of him, but then once yeah, and yeah, she's they like, came, I'm going and it's like, Oh, okay. So she might do something, but exactly. Know. So then once they got to Egypt, they just really dropped the ball on her. Character. Yeah. It's like the writers just were like, what do we actually do with her? And the answer was have her be in scenes where Moses is. And that was it. And also start singing a song at one point. <laughs> um, or she didn't start it. She Someone else started it. And then she sang a little bit at one other point. Um, but yeah, it was, it was uh, just. Moses' sister. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was just. Are we ready for our. Spoiler alert. Skip to. One hour, 27 minutes and 31 seconds. I'm assuming the answer is yes, because yes. that's where I'm going to cut it <laughs> I in. Was it in my head again. <laughs> yes. I was I was doing my head back and forth. Spoiler. Yeah. That was so out of tune, Mom. I love you. I know. Uh, that was really bad. Really bad. Really bad. It's okay. It was not, it was not powerful. <laughs> Let's talk about spoiler stuff. Ramsey sitting on that statue where he did when they were younger. That got to me. And then the we could always talk here line. And um Oh, when did it happen? It happened at some point after that, because of where I have it written. There was a someone at some point said, I think it was probably Moses, said, no nation should be built on the back of slaves. And I had the thought, wow, that sure is a bummer that people who follow a religion that is based on some of the stuff you did, did that, though. Huh? Yeah. That's a bummer that America was built that way, huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, very much the pot calling the kettle black. Yeah, well, I mean, he doesn't know, but no, um, I just mean from it's, a, it's just yeah, from a like us writing it, it us who are actually writing it, like oh well, yeah, known it. You're right. You're right about that. It's unfortunate that this nation was um, that that spooky light that came through and killed everyone, or well, you know, the firstborns. That was really well done. Yes. (laughs) That whole... Yes. It was unnerving. Yes. The only thing that I didn't like was when it first appeared, all I could think was space butthole. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like a personal problem, Annalise, because I did not have that thought. I just, I was like, I didn't like the way they animated the like swirly thing. I feel like they could have animated it coming in a little bit better but you know Annalise I feel like this is your personal problem (laughs) well that might be true (laughs) (laughs) well and with that alongside no not not with what she just said but with with the powerful that coming in the plague then the blood that was like on the 
inside uh what are you trying to say the The, the doorway that the the, well the posts along the sides oh that was that was powerful and then the way that they did where people would die oh and i don't what got to me what got to me was Ramsey laying his son down and having the covering oh, yeah. over him. That's the part picking, that got me finally crying. <laughs> and then picked him up and you could see, they did that so well. The covering oh, still showing his face. That was, oh it my gosh. It made me so mad. And that's why I was like, no, you have a reason to hate Moses. Like, and all of the rest of the people whose kids died. Yeah, you have a reason to hate him. Like you didn't before, you didn't have a reason to hate him or the Hebrew people before, but you do now. But he brought that plague on, no, and I, I wish I'm that not, Moses could I'm have not said, justifying don't, anything that yeah. he did. What I'm saying is, you don't mess with people's kids. Oh, I know. And again, yeah. you know, again, I, you know, you wish, and I don't remember if, even biblically if supposedly Moses knew that whatever play or whatever threat. uh, Pharaoh, you know, Ramses made would be turned around back on him. But it's like you wanted to say. I don't know how it's written in the Bible, but what I recall from like knowing the story, just from hearing stuff in church and stuff has never intimated to me that in that in any way Moses ever felt bad about any of these plagues so but I liked how after the firstborn killing one like he goes outside and basically like kind of collapses and, and sobs and I'm like yeah like that makes sense that he would be feeling that emotional toll of like killing his brother's firstborn and, well and in other depictions and even like 10 commandments and um other things uh, movies they make they try to make ramsey's son unsympathetic they make him a really smart mouth and you're, you're kind of like you know so you don't feel empathy that the, that a child is dying yeah. uh and so i really like that they did not do that uh and again i oh i was that was so well done animation and everything with putting that that cloth over him and then holding him in his face still showing through. Oh, oh yeah, my gosh. it wrecked me. Oh, it did. <laughs> it wrecked me. It yeah. did. And then the parting of the sea, I wanted to say that that was... Well, you're jumping a little ahead because there is a musical number. Oh, okay. Sorry about and that. And I think it's... I My only real note with it is it's a gorgeous song, but I think Annalise is right that... I don't know how you transition from the firstborn of your brother being killed to a hopeful song. Yeah. I feel like... But it's difficult. <laughs> I feel like that would have been a good opportunity for them to have Zipporah come in and be like, I understand that this is really difficult and this is a horrible thing and it's terrible that it came to this but you saved all these people because of what you did. And then yeah, instead of, instead of having instead the of like having him be sister who has always been him. super into Jesus, into God um, being the one who starts it. Yeah. Her whole character just annoys me the whole time because she's just really into God the whole time. And like, <laughs> I get it girl, but can you chill? Well, <laughs> maybe maybe you're not the exact target audience for that. I'm not, <laughs> admittedly. <laughs> I didn't interpret it that way. It, it was interesting that the you know the mom after that very beginning, you never saw saw their mom again. 
I mean, I assume she got killed at some point. Yeah, I just mean, because in all other depictions, it's the mom that, that, you know, that Moses reunites with and all of that, uh, like in Ten Commandments and all of that. Well, we didn't pay anyone famous to voice the mom, but we paid famous people to voice the siblings, so... Oh, no, actually, the lady that voiced the mom was was very famous in Israel. Well, fair, but... Just not here. I mean, people who are famous (laughs) in other countries don't mean anything to America. That's probably (laughs) true. Uh, but I, something I think is interesting is I didn't want to interrupt anybody, but y'all are like, oh, this poor kid. And I feel bad now because I'm a heartless monster. And I, I guess I am like, yes, it's very sad. This child is dead. But I'm so, I, I think my problem is I, I can't feel much for the boy because I'm too busy being like, well, that's what you get, Ramses. You shouldn't have done that. You had a perfect warning. <laughs> and I'm just like, he, I'm so, my anger at Ramses is so overshadowing the loss of the child that I'm just like, whatever. So I never noticed that it was like this grim change in tone from like, my son is dead to let's sing a happy song, la 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 la, you know? Like, <laughs> so I'm like, this is interesting to see these, uh, these perspectives. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious why that doesn't, because I understand like feeling in a way that Ramses deserved things but i don't know i guess the the scene between him and moses is so well done for me i guess and like showing how that it almost feels like they're going to reconcile until his son is there and and ramsey's like sees his son and is like i have to you i guess i can feel in the back of his head he's thinking i have to have this empire and stuff to pass on to him like we are these links in this chain that I can't break. So I can't, just because I love my brother, I can't let him have this. Actually, screw my brother. He can't have this. And like, that's where his, where his turn happens. And then that child immediately gets killed, basically. Yeah, he switches from vulnerability to like pridefulness. He's like, I this is my brother and I love him and maybe we can work this out. And then he's like, oh, can't because I have to do this thing. I think it's pridefulness, but also protectiveness in a way, because to him, his son is his son, but he also needs to leave a dynasty for his son is basically his view of the world. So like it's this protectiveness, not just of his dream, but what his child will have when he's gone. Mm-hmm. I agree. One of my notes was that the Pharaoh seems like a pretty loving father. I mean, he's not a good yeah, person. Yeah, he just doesn't care about the humanity of slaves. <laughs> yeah, like, but he seems like a, a loving father. And I think that's one of the things that really humanizes him for me, is that he really cares about his family. Yeah, yeah. One thing that I've never understood, though, in any of these depictions is after something so horrific as losing your child, how would that compel you to say, okay, then go now have what you've been wanting to get now that my, that you've just killed my child. I don't get that. I would think you would harden your heart even more. Well, he does end up doing that, but I think in that moment, there is probably two big emotions in him which is one that he has nothing else left to lose at this point and also that like but what if he does like he didn't imagine that this horrific thing could happen if he keeps going down this path is there another thing that moses can do to him with his god that hurts him even more somehow like i think it's just like i'm i'm sick of this fight between us it's cost me too much 
just get out of here. Yeah, I didn't sure think of it, it was... that way. I thought he was more like, I I can't deal with this feud right now, even though I'm not done with it. I like my son just died. I can't handle anything else. Yeah, like just just get out of here so I don't have yeah, to like, deal with you. Yeah, I want to be with my son. I want to hold him and cry. That's that's my interpretation. I I think we've all been at some point in our lives where something bad happens to you and it it either just comes out of nowhere or it's just such a big ordeal that in that moment there is no future for you. You know what I mean? Because you just can't even conceive of there being anything past this feeling that you're feeling right now. And I, I kind of interpret it in that way. It's just that he couldn't, he couldn't plan for the future because at the moment it was, there was just too much to deal with, with the burden of losing his son. Yeah. That, yeah, that, well, that makes sense because I, I just never quite understood that because it's so heart wrenching, but I, yeah, it makes sense with, yeah, with what you all are saying. You started bringing it up earlier. Do you want to talk about the parting of the Red Sea and the fire column and everything? It was just so well done. Well, one is the the song, I, you know, we talked about montages. I really feel like them getting from point A to B that um, when them traveling was just really well done. It also was more powerful to me than than many of the other things with them singing. I with I'm sorry, what? um I guess in the native language at times with the children joining I mean, in. Hebrew? I mean, yeah, singing Hebrew, you know, and, and, and then joining in the songs and, but just the focus from panning back to showing the massive crowds, as well as then coming in and kind of getting little snippets of what's going on without just belaboring stuff to, I, I don't know. I think it was just well done. And then when they finally then get to the edge there, I also liked the lack of dialogue and them, you know, in some depictions, it's like, you know, now what are we going to do? And blah, now we've, we're to the sea and, and not hearing all of that or the complaining, <laughs> you know, them just being there. And then, yeah, that fire column and then the parting. The, I, I mean, the, the way as tall as it was and just the whole way and that it was gorgeous. done, it was amazing. Very, very good job to and the people who worked on that. And even with, with them having to have the uh, torches, you, because, yeah, it would be dark. And and it not being some perfect smooth path, you know, it, it just the whole I thing. I liked that, too, that it wasn't just a straight shot that's easy to just walk down. Mm-hmm. I really loved the whale coming by them. Mm-hmm. That was that's so cool. cool. Yes. I and, also liked the, I don't know if it was her grandma, but, like, the old lady and the little girl. And how, like, the little girl helped the old lady when they were leaving, and then the old lady helped the little girl when she was scared. I thought that was cute. It's very cute. Yeah. And again, the height of the water and just everything. And when y'all were talking, I think there was a whale. Wasn't there also... Was it just the whale that you saw twice? No, but there was like some fish. The whale anyway, was the so, big thing. Yeah, yeah some so fish. I just mean, but it was so neat in combination with the torches and then that backlighting and just shadow. And- I think. I think one of the most impressive things about it is that it's CGI them doing that, but they make it blend so well um, by by mixing two D elements into there that it's. I mean, it's seamless, basically. Like, it doesn't feel like this big, weird CGI thing in the in the middle and the end of the movie. Like, it's it feels totally natural, I guess. Yeah, I would agree. And so, yeah, I and we've talked about shadow and use of shadow and other things. And so, yeah, the combination of the use of lighting, color, shadows, 
all of that animation CGI was really impressive and just really made me be in the moment. I will say the one thing that, again, it's just my brain that did this, but when the whale was coming at the, at them, like to go near them, for some reason I was like shark. And I just imagined it like jumping through with them. Oh no. And then I was like, wait, that's a whale. (laughs) But two is the, to the reactions of people, again, that would be a terrifying experience. It would be awe. You would be awestruck, but it would be terrifying. And so Definition I Definition of awestruck, I think. Yeah. And, and so I, I, like, I like the reactions that they had in some snippets of the people in that journey across through the, through the Red Sea that, that made it just all work. Because, yeah, you wouldn't be like, oh, okay, let's just go through this path. You yeah, know? you'd be terrified that it was yeah. going to How come God you? stops having the fiery thing? Right. Is there a reason that he had to stop having the fiery thing blocking off? Yeah, I think he wanted to take the, the legion and the soldiers away from Ramses. So it was like a middle finger to them. It's like, mm, I want to drown you guys, so I'm yeah, going to give you a chance of, to I get think. in here. I saw it as that. So it's that not you, enough if you just get stuck on this bank. You have to die. That does seem pretty accurate for Old Testament God, though. Here's a second yeah. thought. He started a fire and stuff. Fire gets out of control. It was possible that he was like, not only do I want to give them a middle finger, but also I need to put out this fire that I made. I mean, I guess, but he could have put the fire out once the Red Sea wasn't part of it. He lit a bush on fire without burning the bush. Two birds, one So I think... (laughs) Like, like, I mean, he's he's God. He can do whatever. So, like, it was a choice to let them have time to rush in there. Well, yeah, kind of almost like if, if... If you're not going to stop with this fire, I obviously do not want you to pursue them. Okay, if I take it away, are you still going to be stubborn and pursue them? Okay, if you do, then I'm going to drown you. I don't know. I mean, I guess that's a charitable read, but I feel fairly confident that it's just God like, yeah, get in there, get in there, and now you're dead. I kind of like Jan's (laughs) interpretation, because I think in a lot of stories in the Bible, God's kind of a testy jerk a little bit about things. I'm going to hell. (laughs) But anyway, um, I mean, he's always testing people. But, I mean, why not now, you know? Why yeah. not? Yeah, fair. Like, yeah, here's I mean, your last chance. Yeah, along that line, I mean, think about it. You're, you're testing the faith of the Hebrews that, oh, he's given us this escape. But, oh, now, nope, we're just, we're going to, he's led us to our doom. He's testing the faith still of of the Israelites against his power and saying, okay, you, you're you not heeding to me, stopping you with a huge wall of fire. You think you're just going to run into this parted sea? Okay, go for it. Go, run into this this parted sea. See what happens. And then, oh, here we go. The ocean yeah, I mean, is going to close on top of you. If you look yeah. at it in that light, it's really kind of charitable of God to do that. Because he's like, you know, <laughs> if you can't get the hint with the big column of spinning flame, like it came from a rapidash, then like... You know, what? at what point do you really get the point? So just go ahead on after them and we'll see how that works out for you. It was kind of like an opportunity to leave. Mm-hmm. No, I definitely like, agree nah. with you, Vaughn. That like, I think personally, I think that everything and every day and every opportunity is a test of character for God to judge you on. And I think that that was definitely, he was like, I've sent you the clearest signal I could possibly send you. I feel like you should make the right choice now. And they didn't. And he was like, well, I mean, on the other hand, they could have made that choice at any point while the fire was in front of them to turn back. So it's kind of 
it's kind of like, okay, here's the bait to go for. And like, they went for it. They could have made a good decision with the fire still there. But that would have been because he put fire there and they couldn't go forward. He had to give them the opportunity to go forward so that it was an actual choice. Sure, sure. Mm -hmm. Well, another interesting thing they did in this that I have not seen in any other depiction is that Ramses led the charge. He ran ahead first, but he tripped and or or his, his chariot broke or whatever. And then he stumbled. Then he still led his soldiers, you know, told his soldiers to go forward, but he was still in. And then he was in the ocean when it, when it came back down. And then he was basically spit back, you know, thrown back out and was the only survivor. So that was because they made his character too sympathetic to have audiences be okay with him just being dead. Well, he's not in any of the other depictions, but in all the other depictions, he doesn't go in. He stands like on top on his chariot and sends all of his soldiers in. But again, interestingly, I, 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 this is interesting because when we're talking about also, signs, yeah, probably historically Ramses didn't die there. So yeah. That's well, and also, also when you talk about uh, what uh, Vaughn and Annalise were just saying, when you talk about tests and choices, well, he another sign he charges in and he all of a sudden trips and almost gets hurt and his chariot breaks is it that you know should you maybe turn back then nope you're gonna still command your soldiers forward and still try to be moving forward to kill them you're not taking all these big blaring things like whoops this isn't working out for you maybe you should turn back now I have two last notes for this section, and then if you guys have anything, and then let's go on. I liked that after the Red Sea uh, went back to normal and they started um, realizing that, hey, we escaped. The the orchestra at that point played um, an instrumental version of Deliver Us, the song at the beginning, during that. Because they were delivered. Good parallel. Which, yeah, I liked that. I also loved the reactions of all the people and I, and the shock and, and them just lingering on that. Because again, this, this would be, I can't even imagine. I mean, your, your mind would just be so blown. And I just like how it really spent kind of time on that. And then it was so heartbreaking. Again, the brothers, Moses going to the sea and then Ramses just, just yelling, screaming Moses's and name. yelling. Oh, that just got to me, too, yeah. because still he I my heart just was wrenched for for Ramses. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's rough. I bro. was like, not that you didn't deserve it, but I get why you're upset. No. You've lost everything. I mean, really? I mean, yeah, he's just. Um, I found it interesting that at the very end of the credits, and I don't know if any of the rest of you watched that long, but um, it has three different quotes from three different religions, uh, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. And I, even if it was at a point in the movie where almost no one was going to still be watching, I do like at least some recognition of like, this isn't just a Christian thing. Like this, this movie actually works for like, three different religions. Yeah. Three, like three different religions believe in this dude and this story that happened. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like that. I was still stuck on the songs and trying to write them down and listening to the songs afterwards. So <laughs> I will continue the credits when we, when we finish this podcast. So I'll That's look fine. forward That's to those. Fine. I'll look forward to that. All right. No more spoilers. Let's go into favorites and least favorites. What was your least favorite scene in the movie? If it involves spoilers, then just be vague. I'm going to say is uh, you're playing with the big boys now for me. Same. I think my least favorite scene and not like musical number 
was... I mean, it can be a musical number, well, but yeah, yeah. But, like, my least favorite scene was the big thing that happened because I just couldn't handle it. I was so upset and angry and, like, crying, and I just... It was too much. Oh, no, that's, like, one of my favorites just because I like to hurt inside. Um, but... <laughs> Playing with the big boys now was like, yeah, my least favorite scene. Yeah, I think I agree. There's not a whole lot of this movie that I really can't stand. Like when you say, oh, least favorite scene, my mind immediately goes to like something on the level of Cheer Up Charlie from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the original one. <laughs> and I mean, when I was a child at VHS, I would fast forward through that every time because I hated it. <laughs> and there's nothing in this movie that makes me feel the same Amazing. level. Of, like, yeah. I cannot live through these two minutes the same way that does, so I don't even know if I... Even playing with the big boys now isn't that bad to me. No, I mean, yeah. if it's you're going to compare bad. it to that, yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm glad that we were all able to learn that about you. Yeah, I hate it. <laughs> How about favorite scene in the movie? Uh, mm, so much just made me cry and was so... I'm not going to yeah, say Yeah, for it. me, it was, it was probably so the emotional. scene that made me cry. Because, again, I, if a movie makes me cry, then generally I think it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the, the, whole, the whole scene where Ramesses and Moses talk at the, towards the end that has the part that made me cry is what I'll be vaguely say. Uh, for me, I'm just going to echo myself from earlier and say Through Heaven's Eyes. I... like that song i think it's sweet every time he sings the part at the beginning about the single thread in the tapestry blah 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 and it pulls back and shows that beautiful tapestry i get literal chills (laughs) i just love it i love that whole message the little sequence and their cute little romance i'm like yes every time no i think i agree with you vaughn i think that's still that's my favorite scene out of all of it um did we get a favorite scene from you no because i'm still torn um mine is kind of (laughs) torn between yeah, the heartbreaking scene between the brothers, even even the leaving scene, um, because oh yeah, just, that was good too. It just got me so much, uh, you know. And even him just mom saying, likes to hurt too, just like me. But then, yeah, yeah, I just oh, hurt, sorry, yeah, the brothers. <laughs> it's true. I think I'm just gonna have to go with that. Yeah, the leaving scene between brothers and their conversation. What? Who? was your least favorite character in the movie. I mean, the priest. Pick one. Just one. I don't know. I know, I know. You can't pick two, guys. You have to pick one. (laughs) You know what everyone wants to say. I'm going to say the tall priest. (laughs) We can't can't bundle them like phone and internet. (laughs) No, you you can bundle them. I'm just being away. (laughs) <laughs> well, okay, let me answer. Let me ask this question: Does does the tall priest ever actually do anything? Because it seems like the the short one seems to have all the gimmicks, doesn't he? Oh, you know, know what? I think that's you're right. True. That is. That's, oh, you're right. So if that's right, the case, priest. yeah. If that's the case, the then tall Hotep one... Hotep's the worst. Yeah. Wait. Mm-hmm. He's Are the you... tall one. Mm-hmm. Isn't that what was said? No, I thought he was. He was. Is he? I thought, that was I thought that's what was said one. earlier. Yeah, Hotep is the tall one. Yes, yes. Played by whoever's Steve the Martin. tall one. <laughs> yeah. Whichever, whichever name goes to the tall one, yeah. that guy. Yeah, because uh, he does. He's useless. He's not even doing anything. He's like moral support, no, that's, but not even. It's true. Who was your favorite character in the movie? Oh, gosh. I think mine's Ramesses. Same. Oh, he's yeah. just very complex and like I just enjoy him as a character regardless of whether or not I support his actions 
I just enjoy his character a lot, even more than Moses, because Moses is kind of like, this is what I'm doing. This is what I stand for. This is how it's going to go. Yeah, you know, it's it's I I am gonna jump on that bandwagon because I really like Moses, but Moses was even was the irresponsible one and got Ramses in trouble at the beginning. And I just feel like I, I feel like Ramses was a more devoted brother, like mm-hmm. and just he just tugged my heartstrings. I'm glad that so far we're all agreeing that the guy who really wanted slavery to continue <laughs> oh, is I the know, best character. I know, I know. I know. I mean, I typically root for the villain just because they're more interesting. But I mean, like it's it's the norm, right? To to start out good, typically, like right. We all hope that's your baseline, and so the villain's normally more interesting because they have to have a motivation for going against that grain. But I really think in this story, Moses has such a complex background and motivation too, and and I like that he is like really a reluctant hero. He doesn't have like a personal motivation for doing what he does he kind of has this outside thing that's like well, you need to go do this also your background's kind of a thing and an influencer in that so why don't you go take care of it and he's like but my bro and he has to go do it anyway so i don't know i'm gonna say moses but the, it is really close i see that's no I, I think that's valid definitely it's really close for me it's like neck and neck that i don't like about moses is i feel like he is that haircut <laughs> no, I like his hair. I just think when he that, has like, short hair. I think that he. I like was, the wig. I like the wig. <laughs> no, I, I like the wig. Yeah. I mean the short hair. Ah, got it. I think that he was like a very fun and like sort of playful as a character, and not in like the sense that like that was one of his personality traits. And I get that that changes with the stuff that he learns about himself. But I wish that they had kind of showcased a little bit more that he's still who he was. Because it, it, to me, it kind of felt like he became a completely different person. And I didn't really like that. Whereas I felt like Ramesses was still consistent throughout the whole thing, even though he had changed. Well, I, almost, I can see that. You know what? I changed, I changed my answer. Nah. <laughs> I still <laughs> like Moses. But can we give props to some background characters who deserve recognition? The the moms, both of them. Moses' mom and Ramsey's mom, golden people. Like, hearts of gold, both of them. Because that queen did not have to take that baby. She had every knowledge of, like, what her husband was up to. And she was like, oh, look, I found this floating infant. And it's mine now. And I'm going to raise it the same <laughs> as my own. I mean... Wow. Wow. And if we assume what happened to her happened to her, oh my god, poor woman. Like she deserves a medal. Yeah, also like I'm sure the Pharaoh wasn't just like, yeah, let's keep this baby. Like she had to argue with him, I'm sure, and be like, No, I'm I'm gonna keep this baby. It's not up for debate. Mm-hmm. Mom, you know who voiced Pharaoh Seti, right? Mm, oh yes, Patrick Stewart. I okay. initially just was making thinking, sure you realize. I initially was thinking it was Sean Connery, and and so that was one of the things <laughs> I looked for in in the end. Um, and I was like, oh, Patrick Stewart. Okay, that makes sense. All right, but yeah, that I agree with you, Vaughn, because they, my heart just so went out to them, and I love them. And again, they were just strong, incredible women, but. Yeah, I don't know how she immediately along the lines of what y'all were saying is saying, yeah, I'm going to keep this baby. She said and and two is that sorry, going back to Moses and um, Ramses, Ramses is like, mom, mom, pick me up. And and, you know, she didn't like totally diss it, but it's kind of like, you know, yeah, but they like immediately set up. I know. know. (laughs) And so, yeah, I thought it was going to be like almost this rivalry. But no, I mean, Ramses loved Moses. I mean, and that. Ah, 
So, and then shifting back, sorry, to the, the character change you were saying with Moses, to me, it was more like he finally had to grow up because he, he, in one sense, he was the golden child. He got to live the, the life and have all this, but he didn't have the responsibility. Yeah. And so he finally, and, and, and because of that, he got lots of other people, you know, in trouble at his expense for his fun and his enjoyment. And now finally he was having to take the burden of a whole, whole group agree, of people. But I still think you can be playful in a responsible way. <laughs> I think both of you have valid points. This movie was a musical. What was your least favorite song? Playing One, two, three, playing with, playing with the big boys now. Playing with the big boys now. Yeah. <laughs> I think we all echo that. Yes, playing with yes. the big boys. What was your favorite song? I've said it like three times. <laughs> yeah. I think we know definitely for Annalise and for Vaughn. Yeah. Yeah. Mom? Uh, still, I'm kind of torn. Um, I, I do. I'm torn between Through Heaven's Eyes and um, When, when you, you Believe. Yeah, same. But I, I think I'll ultimately go for Through Heaven's Eyes. And, and but I love yeah, both of them a lot. I agree. I was just going to say real Hang quick on. that... Moses's biological mom was also so strong. I've said multiple times to, you know, you mom and my family that there's no way I could give up my baby. I knew that before I had Parker and to do that. Oh my God. So strong. Yeah. So again, but your favorite song is through heaven's eyes. Yes. Yes. I'm going to go with, I guess, when you believe valid. All right. Tim Curry was not in this movie, <laughs> but if he were, who would he have played? Oh, I have two answers. Can I go first? Yes. <laughs> so ob- the obvious serious answer is one of the priests. But here, let me make a case for this not so serious answer. Okay. God, the voice <laughs> in the bush. I would okay. have eaten that up. Oh my god, that would have been hilarious. Like, if you were going to oh, make a version been... that would have been really offensive, that would have been amazing. <laughs> but here's... here. I want you to understand fully what you're saying, though, because uh-huh. everyone that Tim Curry voices is is a little bit sexual. So you're <laughs> saying that you want oh, god. god to be like that. You know, I never interpreted it as sexual. I kind of heard like a snarkiness to it. It's like a brawl. And I guess I Just never a thought bit, he's that a little was bit sexy. flirty all the time is the thing. I, I guess I really felt, thought it was more like a, you know, and I just kind of want to hear God do that. I don't really want God to hit on me. So, oh I don't know. I guess it's I'm just time. saying, Tim Curry has been in one of our, in the movies we saw so far, um, finally. And yeah. we immediately shipped him with the character that he talked to the most. So, like, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, oh gosh, man. this is, I mean, that's a toughie. Oh, it, it is a toughie for me because, for example, I, okay, if, for example, he played Aaron, would he also be recognizable? That I mean, because oh, how be is he? Ju- it'd be just as bad, if not worse. Exactly, than Jeff that's what I mean. I'd be like, oh my <laughs> no, gosh, I think, that's Tim Curry. I mean, I think Vaughn was right with the serious suggestion of like, yeah, one of the, the priests would probably be the easiest one to slot him into. Mm-hmm. And I would even I would even advocate that he is so talented he could try to do both and try to differentiate himself. <laughs> I mean, that was my thought. Look, he's talented, but he's not a voice that you hire because you want him to do a different voice. That's true. You hire him That's because true. you want 
Like, I mean, I love Clone Wars, but when he takes over for Palpatine because the old voice actor unfortunately passed, I can tell it's Tim Curry. Like, he's... It's he's like um uh, what's his name who does Zuko from uh, Avatar? <laughs> what is it like? You hire yesterday. them because you want that voice. I was thinking about that yesterday about his like great grandson or whatever. It's just the same voice. <laughs> I can't I no think idea. of his. That show's on Netflix now, by the way. If any of you who have Netflix yeah. want to rewatch it, because it's great. Yes, Dante I am. Bosco? It's wonderful. Dante Bosco, thank Bosco. you. Yes, you hire Dante Bosco because you want Dante Bosco's voice, not for him to play a character that has a different voice. I mostly know him from Hook. And then he was in Avatar. But also, a movie that I saw within the last year or two because of Valerie. Um, what is it called? Something with Cheerleader. Um, and it involves lesbians. And it's great. And he plays a gay boy in there. And it's wonderful. Tim Curry does? <laughs> what is that called? Is, like, uh, but I want to be a cheerleader or something like that. It's, it's like a late 90s, early 2000s movie. And it's great. Let's go on to our overall consensus slash what you would rate it and re- uh, reminder for Vaughn. We are doing those together now, so we're not going around and all saying if we if we recommend and then go- all going around and saying what we rate it. We're doing those together. So who wants to go first with Me. whether they'd recommend and what they'd rate? I'd like to. And is volunteering. Go for it. Mainly just because I have to make progress right bottles. So. <laughs> sure. Valid. Um. I would recommend it. I would say I would not recommend it for little children who are just starting to be aware of the plot of movies they're watching, because I think it's a little heavy hearted. But even then, I would recommend it. I think it's good. I think I would rate it a 3.5 because it's it's good. It's not perfect. It's not great. Like, it's not better than other things that I've seen, but I like it and it's good and it's fairly enjoyable. Cool. Who wants to go next? I'll I'll go next. I absolutely would recommend it. I would highly recommend it. I would even put it on a must-see list. And I would give it a, I think I might even go 4.25. And I I almost want to go 4.5. Do I want to go 4.5? It's pretty hot. I know. I'm going to stick with 4.25. I'm going to stick with 4.25 right now. But, and I do that because again, it's the most compelling of all of, you know, of, of this biblical story that I've ever seen. The animation was incredible. The song and score was incredible. Uh, and the thing that maybe even knocks it down for me some is some of the voice acting, you know, could have been better. And, and the fact that they could have made uh, or they should have done something better with Zipporah's character, things like that. But otherwise, a beautiful movie, compelling, engaging. Again, I cried so much and was just emotional throughout this whole movie. So I just think it was so well done. And it was very, I'm not going to say it. I'm just teasing. <laughs> oh, mom. Don't it, you. Was, it was a very powerful movie. Um, <laughs> I... I, yeah, I wholeheartedly do recommend this movie. Uh, maybe I'm biased because it was introduced to me when I was young, and so it's always had a special place in my heart. Um, and the music is beautiful. The animation is beautiful. I admittedly don't 
you know, subscribe to a lot of like the religious aspects anymore. And I still love it. And so for that reason, I do give it a 4.5. I think it is mostly a very enjoyable film. I think it's accessible to a lot of people, even if you aren't super religious or part of this religion, as long as you don't like analyze it to death, like we kind of done. Um, (laughs) But like on the surface level, it's just really beautiful. I love the characters in it. Their relationships they have with each other are beautiful and painful. And it's just a good story if you take it for just a story. Yeah, I I mean, yeah, I definitely recommend it. No, no questions there. I have been waffling the whole time and I'm still waffling on exactly what to rate it. I I think I'm going to go 3.75. I think I'm waffling between 3.75 and a four. Um, I, four, four, I think four, four, no. <laughs> I think that objectively or not necessarily objectively, but at least to me, it almost can't be argued that the art, the art is, is amazing and gorgeous. And most of the music is too, um, just very, very well written and emotionally impactful. It has some issues and, and I guess, um, you haven't so much recently, but in a lot of older episodes, you, mom, you would often talk about like how you feel this would be for a family. And I think, I mean, I think generally it'd be good. I, I guess I would want to, with, with, with a kid of my own would want to approach it in the same way that say Hercules is approached of like, this is, this is myth. Like this is a legend that that some religions believe to be truth but like it is a mythical story like don't take this as a purely historical thing this has some basis in history to some degree but is is a mythic telling of a historical thing more or less um and and i would want them to know that um because some parents wouldn't make sure that they know that. And I feel it's important to not just unquestionably be like, yes, this is the true history of the world. But yeah, I mean, I would recommend it. And it on so many levels, it's so it's so artistically beautiful. And it does make me cry. Ah, screw it. I'm going to go with a four. Yay! I'm going to give it a four. I think it's very good. I think it has issues, but I think... I think it's something that you just should watch at least once. And that's generally, I think, where I'm putting a a four, like four movies are generally like, you should watch this at some point, at least once. And yeah, I just, I think you should. I think it's good. Um, I think it isn't perfect, but there's so much to love in it. It's worth checking out. Yeah. And I, weirdly, I don't remember ever seeing this. I don't know. I so, definitely saw it as a kid, but I feel like I just rented it from from like Blockbuster or something. So you, I don't know that you necessarily watched it with me or not. I don't know. Not sure. But yeah, I'm so glad I saw it now. Oh, Annalise is saying she watched it as a kid. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why you don't remember why you didn't remember it. Maybe you never really watched it very closely. Maybe not. Um, who knows? But thank you, both of our beautiful guests, for being on here. This has been a yes. fun episode. Um we had a lot we had a lot of good times here. We do. Thanks for yes. having me. Oh yes, you're so Wait, welcome. I was gonna say thank thank you and I love you. Oh, I love you too. Next time we actually have a prequel to this movie. Yes, that's what's next time. Um this movie has a prequel that I think very few people know about. <laughs> um it is not nearly as well known as this movie itself is. And 
this movie isn't as well known as like Disney films. So yeah, it's, but yes, this uh, prequel does exist and we're going to check that out next time. And I want to just reiterate, thank you so much, Vaughn. Thank you so much, yes. Annalise, okay, uh, for being here because you just contributed so much. Thank you. Yes. I loved having you and thank you for just adding to this wonderful discussion. Yes, you both are wonderful. Thank you so much. Trisha, thank you. This was a very powerful episode. <laughs> Thanks. Hey, I, hate, I take I everything you. back. I hate you. Um, <laughs> I deserve that. No, I'm not sorry. really. Not really. I love you very much. Um, thank you both for being here. And thank you, listeners, for listening. Please yes, like, subscribe, you, do all the things. I have recently listened to part of my outro thing and realized that I always am mentioning our Twitter and Patreon. So there's no reason I need to do it now. But we have those. Go to them. Thanks. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Bye. Stay safe, everyone. Make good choices. This has been How's It Hold Up with Danica Juarez and Jan James. You can find our podcast on Twitter at How's It Hold Up Pod. That's with each word capitalized and no apostrophe. Also, if you'd like to support us, we have a Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash user question mark U equals 2790566. Every little bit helps, and even with a minimum pledge, you get access to things you won't hear in our main podcast feed. Check it out for more info. The two pieces of music used in this episode were created by Kevin McLeod. You can find both The Curtain Rises and Cool Cats at incomptech.com. That's I-N-C-O-M-P-E-T-E-C-H.com. Both songs were licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. More info on that can be found at http colon slash slash creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by slash 3.0. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.